Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones. Rev Briz with you here. Rev Z on this end. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. <laughs> and this week, we, we, we threw a few different titles around on this one, and we've had a great discussion here this morning getting prepared. But we finally settled on a new thought on political leadership. A new thought on political leadership, and I just want to share a little bit of how we came to this. Uh, you know, we were talking about we opened this morning talking about the debate and the vice presidential debate this past um, this past Wednesday or whenever it was, and uh, uh, you know, based on, on the optics, it'd be real easy to call it a shit show, but that's just an easy one. See, I could ask you three. Turn your volume down on your speakers a little bit. Getting a little bit of bleed through there. Um, so, but what we realized is, and it's this is shouldn't be any surprise. We've seen this coming for decades now. Politics has turned into nothing other than a he said, she said, cult of personality. Uh, there is so little discourse and substance left in our in our political debate. Uh, in our political discussion, and uh, and we're trying to find a way through, trying to find a say. Okay, so what is a different or new way that we can call our political leaders to task? How do we? What is a new thought on political leadership? Z, you want to dig in? Ooh, man, yeah. I, you know, this whole thing of leadership in itself right is a is a monumental statement at any time it is doubly monumental in a time of crises right and so you know th th there's a there's a framework of of what leadership is <clears throat> and how to articulate and how to present uh ideas and solutions or attack uh problems if you will during that time and all of it includes some in my mind anyway some kind of uh compassion and 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 truth telling even the hard truth i don't know how to say this <laughs> but but there's a way to do that so that we don't mislead people and so that we don't uh uh create these situations where people go off with misinformation or half information and make tragic decisions because the leadership failed to be as transparent as possible. We know there's some things that you can't tell, right? We know there's this such thing as national security in whatever range we want to put it. And we don't want people to, to go off, uh, off the rails, but there has to be a way of determining and giving information that's truthful. That's, that's eloquent, if you will, and factual so that people can make good decisions and our current leaders are having a time of that if you will yes 
yes, exactly. And that was one of the, the commentaries I saw about the debate, and, I, and I, I, I agree with it. How tough must it have been for Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, to be on stage for 90 minutes? She is a woman of color. She's a woman. She had to do absolutely everything better than perfect. She had to measure every word. She had to measure every statement. And the old white guy got to sit up there and just lie through his teeth and repeatedly make accusations that we know are not true. That, yeah. And, and, and she had to spend more time refuting the lies, denying the accusations that we the people lose out because we don't get to hear any substantive policy discussion. We don't get to hear any vision. We don't get to hear, we didn't get to hear anyone's vision for where we're gonna be in two years, three years, five years, 10 years, where we're going in America and where, where what their belief is to take. All we heard were short-term, short-term solutions to long-term concerns and a lot of accusation and vitriol and attack and lies, outright lies. Well, you know, uh, there, there, there were, there is a book, and 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 this this is a book that came out quite a while ago by Margaret Wheatley. Yeah. Um, and she has the book, and I would recommend this book to everyone. I I don't know if I, whatever, but. I'm going to recommend this book, especially now. It's called Leadership and the New Science, Discovering Order in a Chaotic World. And she brilliantly talks about leadership and how you deal with chaos. Uh, and one of the things she talks about, chaos is not chaos always as we think of it. Oftentimes, chaos is the, is the emerging of a new order. And it's happening so fast and, and, and it happens over a period that we can't see it at that present moment. But, but one of the, the main premises of the book is she equates leadership to quantum physics. And she talks about how you have to understand patterns and be very observant and be very articulate when you are dealing in these kinds of uh, situations and that rhetoric is not what gets you out of it. Uh, stating old facts will not get you out of the situation you're trying to manage and lead yourself out of, or your organization, or your nation. Pick a pick a arena you're working in, and that is where we need to be. We are still, I believe, operating on all levels in our country at an industrial age, and even some in an information age. And I think we've gone beyond both, definitely the industrial age. And I think we're leaving the, the information age and we're moving truly into a quantum age where things are happening all the time in all places. And we have to begin to lead in that manner. Yeah, absolutely. I love that book. Uh, it's, I, as you talk, I'm looking around my office going, where is it? I know it's right here somewhere. I could pull it out. There it is. Um, so the point is that we've got to lead from an evolutionary perspective. And right now, 
our leaders politically don't seem to do that very much. Uh, some do, some are a bit more progressive, some are a lot more isolationist. And right now we're deep in a sense of isolation, of isolating ourselves. And this is why I, I really, I'm not big on the, the resurgence of the term tribe. Because it takes us back to an old programmed way of thinking that we got to protect just our own. And now more than yeah. ever, I believe the planet, we're, we're all being called to global to a global perspective. Leadership that takes into account everyone and, and all life on this planet, not just what's highest and best for the United States. And we heard it a lot in this debate, the, the argument about manufacturing jobs and where the manufacturing jobs are and where the manufacturing jobs are going. And, okay, America needs some of that, obviously. And I think as Z is speaking to, we're evolving beyond that. And if, why can't we, why can't America be the leader in progress rather than trying to be the leader of a world that no longer exists? Tough question. Yeah, you know, I agree, man. And and I, I, I want to, if I, I just, I want to read this one statement that Meg makes that I think really highlights where we are and what we have to begin to think of when we look at leaders. She says, we live in a time of chaos, rich in potential for new possibilities. A new world is being born. We need new ideas, new ways of seeing, and new relationships to help us now. New science, the new discoveries in biology, chaos theory, quantum physics that are the changing our understanding of how the world works offers us this guidance. Yeah. And, and that's... You know, we have to look to the stuff that's been around for ages and still working, the planet, the way it works, the relationships, and begin to figure out how we operate on that kind of level in leadership. Because this planet, we know, has been here for a very long time, and it has gone through all kinds of cataclysm, cataclysms and, and stuff that, that, that normally you would look at and say, after that thing happened, they're doomed. But like the phoenix, it rose from the ashes, if you will. And that's where we are now. The leadership model that we currently use has burned. It's no longer effective. It's no longer humanitarian. It's, it's just about self, 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 my party, my party, and the heck with everything else. And that leads to sure destruction. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of been a running joke in our family lately that maybe what my wife or I should run for Congress. And here's why, folks. Because if you get elected to Congress, Senate or the House, doesn't matter, you and your family are covered by congressional health care for the rest of your life. You and your family, your children's school debts will be forgiven. The, 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 the personal benefit to being elected to office will change your life. It will propel, it can, it can easily propel you into the top 10% in our country as far as income and everything else and benefit and privilege. Now, 
we also joke that, well, yeah, but our whole reason for being there would be to take all that stuff apart and get rid of all those benefits. <laughs> and why would I? But that's the point, isn't it? Politics used to be about public service. You went and you you went because you had to serve the people and there was and you could personally find no other way to do that. Now it's become self-service. Let me let me get in there because if I can get in there, it doesn't matter how de how deep in debt I go to get in there. It doesn't matter what I tell anybody I'm going to or not going to do, because once I get in there, I'm on easy street. Yeah. And, and, you know, just sitting here thinking, you know, about uh, the debate with 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 uh, the vice president and, and uh, vice president uh, Pence and, and, and Kamala Harris and Senator Kamala Harris is that, you know, I, I think back when I was growing up as a as a black kid in the South and the, the, the running mantra, if you will, you always have to be twice as good as a black kid than any that that than your counterparts if you will because you won't even if you're just as good you won't even get noticed you have to be twice as good and in a lot of ways that same thing is happening now it's you know it 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 creates this this aura of incompetency or or from the other side looking just because a person is a person of color that you know they have not earned or they have not seen the right things or had the right experiences to be at any position. I don't care what that position is. Now, we know that's not ubiquitous. Everybody doesn't think that way and it's not always true. But it still plays out that that's what has to happen. So as you were saying, here's a person who's there. I mean, she's a woman. She's a woman of color. She's an immigrant. And she's talking to an old established person in the system she has to be mindful of not being too disrespectful she can't be considered the angry black woman you know we got all these things that are handcuffing her from being a true participant in this debate and we're talking about someone who was a criminal i mean who was a, a, a district attorney state's attorney who knows how to present an argument who knows how to present the facts because you don't get to that position if you can't and 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 you see sitting there a little bit handcuffed because of the leadership model that we're still trying to run this country on which no longer works and i would submit that what we're doing now is not leading we're managing right because the difference between a leader and a manager a manager wants to deal with the details and move things around and make it look like we're making progress when in actuality we may not but a leader has a vision. They're looking from what the situation is now to how we deal with this, but move beyond it so we're at a better state. And that's what we need, leaders now and not managers. And a lot of people in Washington are just managers to fit into that model of once I get in, I want to manage my career and manage my stuff so that I don't get kicked out. And I'm here long enough to make my money, get my protection and then get out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and let's be clear, folks, I do not see Make America Great Again as a vision. I do not see that as a call, as, as a call to a vision to grow, to expand, to be more. Uh, and as you're saying, you know, Kamala had to be twice as, three times as good. And she still wakes up to 
the the lead poli the, the the highest politician in the country calling her a monster. A mon just for right, so now in this room and, and in this philosophy that Z and I subscribe to, right? New Thought Media Network's part of uh, the Centers for Spiritual Living. We believe your words have real power. Real power. And the the political culture these days as much as they say they are about the people, their words don't seem to reflect that. Right. Because I don't know anybody that just calls somebody a monster for doing what they do. I'm not a big fan of one of the state senators here in Colorado. I have a tendency to throw some jabs onto his political posts. I know he's not reading them anyway. But, I, you know, but... I don't go down the road of, of calling the man a monster. I disagree with his policies. I disagree with the policies of the current administration. But if I make them wrong, if I make them ugly, if I try to cast them with a paintbrush that says uh, all these, that's just, that's not helping the game. That's not moving us any closer to real discourse in our, pol in our political system. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you made me think about something there in that I, I would submit that almost everybody, if not everybody, to some degree will will conform to the idea that we live in an evolutionary world. Now, I know some people got problems with evolution. Right. If we look at it in, in, the, in how we came about. But if we put that evolution in, in, in the form of uh, things are always changing and improving and taking care of themselves or a situation, um, you know, we 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 have gotten stuck in time. We're like some some artifact frozen in ice that we're waiting for uh, uh, archaeologists to come dig out, trying to hold this this point of view where the world is evolving and 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 in that in evolving. It's always trying to find order. It's always trying to find this homeostasis balance point where it teeters and totters within this range of healthiness, if you will. But if we continue to start, you know, doing like a, a great example, I love metaphors, is, is like in the old days, if you got sick, with, you know, they start doing bloodletting. They would cut you and try to let blood run out to make you well. Well, you know, we know that that, that may have made somebody feel good or something. It may work one out of 10 times, but that's not a medical procedure. And that's what we're doing now with leadership. We're still trying to lead as if we're back in some time where we didn't have as much understanding and knowledge of how relationships and interrelatedness and, and truth and clarity really works when you're trying to be a leader. And it's failing. And we're trying to force it to stay that way when it's not doing anything but calling chaos, division, death, and destruction in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. 20, 30, 40 years ago, you could get away with making an accusation on a, on a political stage, in a debate stage, on television. And it would take time. It would take time for journalists to dig into the microfiche and go to the, the libraries and dig into the old records and say, wait a minute, hold on. Now, we've got instant fact-checking. We've got people that are fact-checking fact the debate 
right? I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the debate. I listened to it while I watched Facebook because I don't know for sure what I'm hearing out there, but I know that the people on Facebook are sharing links to verified sources, to reputable sources, and I can now do my own research and track that back and say, well, I don't know. I don't know that that's really what they believe because two weeks ago you said this or whatever. So my point is we live in a completely and wholly different time. And we still have political leaders that are trying to play the rules. And they're very clear about trying to take us back to the same rules that existed in the 1950s. Well, yeah, which personally, I don't want to live in those. <laughs> right. Uh, especially as a black man in America, I, I wouldn't want you to have to live in it either, brother. I, I love you way too much to make you go through that again. So part of it is, folks, I've been... I personally have been kind of privately joking that perhaps it's time for a new constitutional convention. Now, I'm not saying armed insurrection. I'm not saying we throw everything away. But it would appear that we have evolved to a place where some of the original founding ideas of how we do politics don't seem to be serving us all that well any longer. And... To top, you know, to, to kind of tag on to what Zia said, in my 50 plus years on the planet, I've never seen nature devolve. I've never seen nature go back. I've never seen a dog, nobody's ever bred the traits out of a, back out of a dog, right? We, we are constantly, everything in nature takes us forward. Germs learn how to adapt. Antibodies learn how to adapt to the way the germs adapt. Flowers change. Plants, animals, they are, there is no question that nature evolves. So there's no question that we must be evolving because we're part of this oneness. Mm -hmm. and, if, and if that's all happening, then I don't think it's out of bounds to say it might be time to take a look at our constant, at a wholesale look. Not this, because let's be truthful. We've got a patchwork of ideas from across a couple hundred years now. Legal scholars are pretty convinced we this country would never be able to pass another amendment to the Constitution. We can't even pass ERA all these years. My mother, when I was five, was... Um, quote, militant feminist in the ERA. I didn't understand it all. I just knew she was gone marching and yelling at people and handing out pens and stuff. So, but now here we are. Uh, and is it possible, Z? Could, we, could the American people come together as one and recreate? You know, I, you know, I, I, I watched a little... It'll be. It, I think we can. We we we'd have to open our hearts so wide, uh, I, you know, because I I look at you know you're talking about this whole thing around the Constitution and leadership and all of that. And when you look at the 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 the, the writers of the Constitution, historical fact, at least half of them. I don't have the exact number, but I know it's close to half of them own slaves. Mm -hmm. Now. With that in mind, knowing that in the Constitution it says blacks are three-fifths of a person, um, 
there were certain things written into the Constitution that did not include African-American people. It just didn't because they weren't considered, they were considered three-fifths of a person, right? And and so, you know, when you start looking at that and looking at the, 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 the foundation of what the Constitution was written on, there are some things that are inherently in there, even if they weren't consciously aware that is setting the stage for a certain group of people. And if you lead by that premise, anyone that's other than that are going to have to be twice as good or work twice as hard or do all these other things to make up that other two-fifths that you were reported not to have. And so there are some things that probably need to be, re if nothing else, rearticulated and right-sided, if you will, to create leadership that that looks at everybody as an equal. Yeah. As you're sharing, I, part of me is saying, "Oh, don't say this, Robert. You're going to get ripped apart." The other part of me is like, "Oh, bro, I got to say this, right?" <laughs> the Constitution is the original white supremacist doctrine, in a lot of ways, in this country. It it never took indigenous people into account. It obviously discounted the value of people of color in our country. There's no way they could see the future of immigration and how we were born as the melting pot. And and now yeah. we're trying to boil out what we what a bunch some people say are the imperfections. Yes. Folks, the soup don't get made without all the ingredients. And yes. I know I'm going to catch some grief when people start hearing that, right? But what is the Constitution if it isn't a doctrine of white supremacy? I think they tried to outline a vision of equality and goodwill and equal right and everybody's right to, to pursue happiness. But we fell very, very, very far short. And it's taken us 200 years to re realize that. And... And I was taught a long time ago, no matter how far you travel down the wrong road, you can always move on to a different road. You can always yes. make the adjustments. You can always make a left turn instead of a right turn. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that we're, you know, we've got about three minutes left here, Z, so I don't know that we're getting into any solution today, but uh, maybe a call to a vision. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, and, and I think we do have a solution, if, uh, or at least a, at least a, 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 a presentation of an idea of a solution. Let's put it that way. And that is we have to begin, if we're going to lead a country, if we're going to lead a world, a globe, in fact, then we have to look at it from a humanitarian point of view because there is no decision a leader or anyone makes that's done in isolation. There's always interrelatedness. Uh, and and other unseen conscious uh, unseen consequences rather of what happens. So so we have to begin to think. You know, as as the saying go, we have to think globally but act locally. Right. I have to be in tune with what I'm doing locally will affect the the outer vision. But I need to understand what that vision is because I'm pulling strings every time I make a decision. And so that's if if nothing else. I think each and every one of us, whether we're leaders of our lives or of an organization or a government, that's how we do it, at least as a beginning. Think globally, but act locally. Yeah.
Absolutely. Well, there we have it, folks. And and I believe the uh, the first way to act locally is to vote. You're not going to hear us skip that. We're going to say that every week, every Friday <laughs> through to no through November. Vote, vote, vote early. Have a plan. Whoever you're planning to vote for, that's fine. But vote. Be involved because it is yep. our voices. And it is the power of our collective word that's going to change this planet and going to change the outlook of, of human life on, on the planet. As the saying goes, you got to be in it to win it. If you're sitting on the sidelines, there's no way for you to win. If you're going to be involved in the game of life, you got to be in the game of life to win. And, and that's what voting is about, being in the game. Amen. Well, folks, that is about all the time we've got for today. My name's Robert. This is my brother, Elzia. We're part of the New Thought Media Network. This is Ministers Talking Shit. And we're so grateful to the New Thought Media Network for all they're doing to bring forth a positive vibration of media, music, message, media, entertainment into the world. There's a link in the description if you'd like to make a donation. We want to say thank you in advance for your gifts, your tithes, your offerings, your financial support that makes this and all of our programming happen. You're welcome to send us an email if you have any feedback or a su subject you'd like us to talk about, ministertalk at ntmedia.org. Please do drop us an email. Let us know what you think of the program, what we can do differently, and what you might like to see in the future. So we'll be back again next Friday. Until then, dear ones, peace and blessings. Peace and blessing. Love, light, and insight. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.